we will take a look at the evolution of music through centuries, from Bach to Schoenberg. After this session, you will be able to recognize and to compare composers. Let's start. Here is a piece of music from Pachelbel. When you hear this music, what do you want to sing? You want to sing the melody. Why? Because in the acoustic space around you, the melody is the thing that grabs your attention. You can't hear everything. You always start by grabbing something in the air. And this thing, the first inspiration is most of the time the melody. The bass is the roots of a tree. And the melody is more like leaves, flowers and fruits. And yet in Pachelbel's music, the notion of bass is so important. This bass line has two characteristics. First of all, the tempo is regular, no change. Then the second characteristic, the bass is continuous. It means that there is no absence of sound. We use the Italian word continuo. And it works like that for every composer in the Baroque period. Bach, Pachelbel, Buxtehude, Vivaldi, Corelli, they all use the same ideas, same system, which consists into a bass line, which is always present, continuous and regular. Here is an illustration. You know this prelude from Bach. Everything starts from the bass. And then the chord. Or this chorale from Bach. Of course, you remember the melody, but the bass line is regular, continuous, and always present. The reason why is the way people represent the world. At this time, we can't imagine the world without the presence of the Creator. The Creator is always present in every part of your life. Having the bass line in the music is exactly the same as feeling the presence of God in your life. You can even say that Bach is composing for God. Let's change period and go to the end of the 18th century, the classic period. If I play this music from Mozart, you can always sing it. But there is a huge difference with the Baroque music, which is 
there is no bass. There is only one melody, one unison a cappella melody. If I add a bass to this music, it would sound like that. Completely different. When Mozart removes the bass, in fact, he creates the possibility of surprises. He starts like that. And then a bass theme. Here we have the melody and the bass. We have both worlds. And after that, vanish, disappear, and nothing. Something really seducing, waiting for an answer. Um, and the bass one more time. So in less than 30 seconds, Mozart creates five scenarios with bass, without bass, only high sound, deep sound. So it's full of surprises. The reason why is that Mozart does not compose for God. He wants to compose for people, people at court with more seducing, more theater, uh, entertainment, surprises, gallantry. To compare with Baroque music, the classical music keeps the tempo regular. Mozart doesn't change the tempo, but it changes the way to use the bass or not, because Mozart's sounds move like the characters. The character appears and the character disappears, another one enters and so on. So it's the same for the sound, sometimes the bass, sometimes not. The reason is that at the end of the 18th century, at the end of the Lumière century, people at court want to reimagine their relationship. They think and they believe that God exists, but they prefer to entertain together, to interact together. And that's why they create theater, gallantry, surprises, and of course, the art of silence. Here is a challenge. I choose for you a piece of music from Mozart, the Flute and Harp Concerto. But I will play in two different ways. Baroque or classical. Classical or Baroque. You have to recognize which version I play. And of course, you just have to listen carefully to the bass. If the bass line is continuing, always present, it's more Baroque. If you feel like Silence, surprises, it's more a classical way of playing the music. First version.
Now the second version. Classical and then Baroque. Yes, perfect. You can hear very clearly the difference which is the presence or the absence of the continuous bass. That's the difference between Baroque and classical music. The pre-romantic period. We are the beginning of the 19th century. Artists and human beings are bored with the false pretenses of the court, with the artifacts, the tricks, the wigs. They want to leave that behind and be more authentic. I think of Goethe and Schiller in Germany. There are two ways to be more authentic in the music. The first one is the idea to become a hero builder human beings fighting against elements. For example, for Beethoven it's really important because fate found him and he became a deaf composer. He was against the society. Building such fabulous piece of music and being a deaf composer is really the act of a genius builder. This truly defined pre-romanticism. That's the first part. It's truly a melody, exactly like classical period. You have a tempo, you don't have a bass, there is a structure with eight points like a dance. There is no problem with this classical structure used by Beethoven. But after that, you see the number one, which means a silence, interruption. And after that, three notes striking. <laughs> And another silence, what is it? It doesn't come from classical dance or classical period. And after that, very long notes. And a simple conclusion. The way Beethoven creates his music depends on really short pattern. For example, which is the same that the destiny theme in the fifth symphony. Beethoven creates melodies, but he also used these patterns to create and to build more and more. From three repeated notes, he creates a whole symphony. From a little idea, from a little brick, you create a huge architecture. Another sample, the variation, you have on the bass, the theme. And on the right hand, another melody. And when you mix both, and so on. 
you still have the same tempo than Mozart, but you have another vision, which is to explore, to create your own framework, to exit from the classical framework and to create your own framework. Beethoven exits gallantry and looks for explosion, construction, the heroic fresco. Here is an extract of his Erika variations. It's clear that we left Mozart's gallantry. Beethoven stays regular because of the tempo, stays discontinuous because of the surprises in the bass, but is one step above Mozart because of this idea of construction, this idea of the hero builder. With Romanticism, the idea of the novel begins. I chose Chopin to illustrate it because Chopin is the icon of Romanticism. With Chopin, the hero becomes sentimental. If I play this prelude with the metronome, Perfect, but something is missing. We miss the momentum that Chopin wants to create. We miss the idea of escaping time. In music, we call that rubato. Rubato comes from the Italian word rubare, which means to steal. Instead of playing in a regular tempo, the composer takes off. Accelerate, then slow down. We stretch time according to only one thing, the impulse of the heart. If I play without a pedal, sounds don't stick. And if I add the pedal, I can play and stretch time. I will play a famous piece two ways, classically and romantically. The key is to feel whether the tempo is regular or irregular. Second version. Classic and romantic, classic then romantic, absolutely perfect. You can see now that romantic music is created in the middle of the 19th century. Composers like Chopin want to express their own authenticity, their feelings, and feelings are free of time. You let your heart be free. 
We now arrive at the end of the 19th century with Gustav Mahler. Mahler makes a junction between the hero builder and the sentimental hero, and also Richard Wagner, who is inspired by the notion of unconsciousness, inspired by the works of Freud. His music is a mixture of romanticism, legend, and the unconscious. A lot of psychology goes into his opera characters, which makes up the majority of his work. We fast forward to the beginning of the 20th century with Schoenberg. We reach a point where music is fully deployed and feelings are deeply present. Music at this time sounds like that. We have a lot of these types of sounds. Dissonance, huge lines, tension, feelings. We arrive at this point where Schoenberg finds that there is no hierarchy between sounds. Schoenberg writes his music on a system with 12 notes. The same 12 notes than Mozart, but Mozart uses a hierarchy. With Schoenberg, the only rule is you can't use the same note twice. For example, with Schoenberg, you can't write that. Because I repeat, with Schoenberg, you write something like that. You change every time. We call that a series, a series of 12 notes, which will become later the serial music. Schoenberg invents a completely new system, which is not based on ancient acoustic laws, but on a theoretical approach. He was also an inventor of games, he was a painter, he was a real creative man. Let me play you an excerpt from a piano piece. Listen to the new sounds, new chords created. This piece is borderline romantic and not yet completely serial, powerful stretch and outside the usual field of reference. At this time, he's not the only one who wants to change references. Another sample, Stravinsky in The Rite of Spring. Stravinsky uses these types of sound. So you have two chords, one and the other. Normally you don't play these two chords together. So it's a completely new energy. You feel the engagement, the rhythm, even polyrhythmic and polyharmonic. This is the tribal dance from the right of spring. To sum it up again, here are the acoustic criteria. If the bass is continuous and regular, then it's baroque music. 
if the bath is discontinuous but regular with surprise and more treble, then it's classical music. If you hear a piece with a regular tempo but with short patterns and the idea of building, then it's pre-romantic music. If we move the tempo and stretch it, then it's romantic music. If we leave the bass system and the hierarchy, then it's a dodecaphonic music, Schoenberg. First sample. Is there a tempo? Yes, so it's clearly before Romanticism. It's Baroque or Classical. Is there continuity or surprise? Continuity with the omnipresence of the bass. So it's Baroque music. You can hear typical instruments from the continuo, harpsichord, lute, contrabass. It's Corelli's music. Another sample. Is there a tempo? there is a tempo, it cannot be the romantic period, it's just before. And if you hear something which is building up, then it's a signature of Beethoven, the hero builder. Here we have a flexibility in the tempo that we did not have in the music before. So stretching the tempo, the signature from romantic music, Chopin. Classic, 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 yes, serenade by Mozart. But it's not easy because at the beginning you hear great blows, which can make things about Beethoven. But after all, you hear phrasing measured, like theater ballet, then regular tempo, surprises with new melodies, treble sounds, it's typical signature of Mozart, classical music. Past romantic, dodecaphonic, yes, it's a piece of music from Schoenberg. There's a loss of reference, a complex sound. It's clearly Schoenberg music. Here is another way to remember these composers. Bach composes with and for God, with the soul, that part above us. It's a Baroque period. The divine is present in everything, just like the bass is always present in the music. Humans cannot escape from the divine. During the classical period, humans feel more equal to God. They want to be in direct conversation with each other. God is not always present. We remove the best. Like with Mozart, it's all about appearances, the looks, the faces, the court, the princess, the king. With Beethoven, we are going down the body as we are moving forward in time. The arm and the hand build. Beethoven creates his works despite the elements that are against him. Chopin is on the other side, it's the heart. Chopin wants to be in love despite the suffering. The harder that trials, the more you suffer, the greater the merit. And then you have Mahler, who will bring the two together. And Wagner, who goes for the unconscious hidden there, 
behind the solar plexus. At the beginning of the 20th century, we leave this framework. We start to invent a world without God. Nietzsche said, God is dead. That's why Schoenberg invents a new system. That's why Stravinsky also goes down into the visceral. And there are so many others like them who want to look for new systems. Please observe that Schoenberg and Stravinsky are actually very religious. It's not at all about the personal belief in God, but about the representation of the world through the presence of the divine or not. It's a very important point and composers translate it in their music in different ways. I hope you enjoyed this musical time travel.